hate and hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, and this is my last week in Florida, Shelby, before oh. I go back to New York. Uh-oh. Uh. Are you nervous? Are you scared? Are you anxious? I'm not really, but I have a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach that I have a grown accustomed to this grand lifestyle I've been leading <laughs> where I have a whole house to myself and I'm like riding my bike to the beach every couple of days and going to the pool oh, and then yeah. I'm fully not ready for the brunt of like being back in my bedroom for 20 hours yeah. a day uh yeah. especially because in New York you have to quarantine for 14 days so I yeah. I get back and I basically like I can't leave my apartment for 14 days which even in the height of corona at least I could you know go for walks and stuff so right. I I I That's think it's rough. going to be like a disaster so wait till the recording next week <laughs> when I'm fully in the middle of a breakdown yeah are you able to like how are you going to get groceries and food and stuff I just have to order them. Like I'm gonna order a bunch of groceries tomorrow that will get there. Oh, to what my about house the delivery Thursday. people? I think they're just gonna drop them on the porch okay. and run. You better say, put a note on the door. <laughs> like, well, how does delivery work? I'm not gonna like make them come in and shake my hand and load everything well, we into have the to fridge. Go and, like let them up or something. You know what I mean? Like you have. To... Oh yeah, but you're in like a fancy building. Yeah. You know, I'm. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> Okay, they could well, easily just leave it on the front porch <laughs> ring the doorbell i'll run down the stairs and get it okay well i hope it i hope it goes well i mean i yeah i think you're right to be worried about your how your mental state will <laughs> devolve in its new environment but you know what maybe you'll pull through maybe maybe you'll really thrive in your 200 square feet I'm saying this all to you now so that whenever you get a flurry of texts from me over the weekend, you treat them very, you know, like kindly and patiently and don't just be like, you're an idiot. We'll see if I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So we've been harping on people to leave reviews. We got a wonderful review in uh, via email from one of our listeners who's in the uk and i guess (laughs) if you're in different countries like we can't see since we're on the u.s apple thing like we can't see reviews from other places so i'm wondering just how many random reviews we have lurking out there in the world and like the albanian yeah european (laughs) yes we're very we're very big in europe that is who we are oh my gosh well that's that's rude of Apple. I'm going to send a very pointed email to info at apple.com, I guess, and figure out why we can't see that. But we should at least like get an email update or something <laughs> about it. You know, I'm sure there's something we're doing wrong. Honestly, like anyway, I doubt it. Yeah, we're very it tech proficient. <laughs> okay, sure. But what does it say? Tell me. Okay. All. Okay. So the email says, OMG, y'all week after week, I have to hear you begging for slash encouraging reviews <laughs> yet you have not read mine even after my emoji filled email so i'm being guilt tripped entirely unnecessarily <laughs> i don't know if it's because of the international review thing or if you just read my email instead um but anyways she sends a screenshot of this review oh, nice. that she wrote Proof. so okay. i will read that okay uh, five stars love 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 shelby and matt honestly <laughs> 
I haven't written a review because I'm in the UK and podcasters don't always see their reviews from other countries. But to honor, oh, and honor is spelled in the British way. So to honor your 100th episode birthday coming up, I'll give it a go. Fair warning. This will be long to celebrate. And also because I hate (laughs) writing succinctly. Great. We love that. Shelby and Matt have brightened my life both in quarantine, but even before doing chores, going for walks, two brides. Oh, that's also like a British calling it the tube. Ugh. Love this. Um, blabbing to my friends about movie stuff I wouldn't usually know about so much better. As in, their content isn't just great for when the bar is on the floor and the year is flaming garbage. It's actually great anyway. Shelby is funny and smart and loves Taylor Swift and thus would be arguably perfect if she didn't love Marvel movies. Matt is funny and smart and does not love Taylor Swift and thus would be arguably perfect if that last fact wasn't the case. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we're complex beings that way. It's hard. <laughs> I'm here for the razor sharp banter, the cinephile expertise, and witty intersectional feminist analyses. Ooh. Shelby's rants, followed by a low key but still impassioned, yeah, yikes from Matt, <laughs> makes me LOL every time. <laughs> Seriously, when they got my friends and I to watch Train to Busan together during lockdown and it made that day of the apocalypse 100% less crap. (laughs) I know you guys are still very much in the worst of it, apocalypse slash virus wise (laughs) in the US. But so I'm sorry if this past tense has triggered you. (laughs) I think the UK is getting worse again. So let's not, you know, we might all be. Thanks, guys. Y'all feel like friends now. Oh, y'all. I don't think the British use that, so I don't know. British by way of (laughs) Mississippi. Y'all feel like friends now, and I've got at least two of my real ones onto you, so you're just part of the crew at this point. Wow. In fact... I should mention, Matt, my friend said in the car the other day, shame, he sounds so sweet, man. What a decent guy. He has a nice voice. We're South African. Impossible to explain what shame means in this context, but there you have it. I agreed saying, Matt seems like the most earnest and nicest heartless person around. (laughs) Shelby, your voice is fine, too. I just know it isn't as much of a complex for you. <laughs> well, that's true. Okay, guys, I did warn you about the length. Hope this brightens up your still quarantine days. Never stop, never stopping, please. Wow. That's that was an a, amazing review. Yes, what a tribute, honestly. she They really proved they knew their stuff with all that in-depth analysis of our our passions our flaws our insecurities like i feel seen you know i love nothing more than the reviews that like praise us (laughs) while skewering us at the same time they're my absolute favorite please never stop sending them (laughs) but i mean they also did let you know that they like your voice so i hope you can hold that's true you know and i'm glad that i've you know at least fooled people slightly enough to think that i'm a nice person even though (laughs) I'm clearly yeah, a robotic yeah, evil yeah. monster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's quite the email to get. I appreciate that. What a light in these dark, 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 dark days. Um, so if anyone else wants to send us an email, you can always shoot us one over at psurong at gmail.com. And um, Apple Podcasts does let you leave reviews, I guess, no matter what country you're in. We just might not see it. So you can find us there and leave a note uh, letting us know how many friends you've brought to the table we're gonna start a (laughs) 
an MLM, I guess. Of <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe we can do a reward-based program. <laughs> if you bring ideas. enough people, we'll give you a car or a trip to <laughs> yeah. Aruba. It'll be great. Yeah, just read the fine print. <laughs> uh, okay, well... We should get into actual yes, news yes, instead of yes, just talking about ourselves. Stuff, right. Um, one thing that came out today that I thought we should touch on because we've talked about it before is Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> is back. The season yes. 18 of her show after a very tumultuous summer. And she had a sort of like open monologue slash apology that she started this <laughs> season with. Did you watch this, Shelby? I did. It was somehow the first thing I did today. I don't know why the stars aligned, but it popped up on my Twitter and I was like, fine, I'll bear witness to this. I was sort of excited to watch it because I thought it might be kind of messy or like not work <sighs> well. Oh, yeah, no. But I thought it was a good apology. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to really see like what the like repercussions of it are, <laughs> but I thought as far as it goes that she... She wasn't super defensive. She, like, took responsibility for it. I think she did make a good point when she was like, hey, I'm an actor, and now I'm a manager of 270 people, and maybe (laughs) I'm not that good at it. I yell at them, and it's okay. (laughs) We're all growing. (laughs) The part where she sort of skipped over the fact that she... is very, like, has a temper and is impatient. I was like, you could have gone into that a little bit more, but... Yeah. She basically was like, sorry, the show's culture got away from me. Um, We're working on it. And also, sorry, I ever told you guys to be kind. (laughs) Because now I have to live it every day. Which is, yeah, I mean, it's relatable, right? The expectations are high, I guess, when you meet a celebrity and you're hoping it'll be the best day of your life. And if there's anything salty about it, then that immediately becomes a story you tell at parties that adds to this uh, enigma of whether or not Ellen is actually a mean person. But I mean, it was kind of, I think that was kind of where she lost me was just sort of like, well, I'm imperfect too. So give me a break. But it's like, these stories seem too similar too often for it to just be a case of a bad day. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like um, a lot of sad waiters who had horrible experiences with you and you being cranky at meat eaters in the parking lot and (laughs) unwilling to make (laughs) eye contact in elevators. And, you know, I just uh, I hope she's learned and she's grown, but we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if more stories come out about her now that we (laughs) all know. Like, is she keeping her shelf in check more? I have always found it very interesting as someone who really has no temper at all. Like, (laughs) like, I just I just don't get like angry Mm -hmm. about things really like i've never like i don't i don't have road rage or whatever (laughs) like i mean believe me i have plenty of other issues (laughs) that you know more than make up for the fact that i don't get really violently angry at people but i do sort of wonder like what is that feeling like and like how hard is it to control (laughs) if you have that urge that's like somebody gave me the wrong thing at a restaurant i just want to haul off and scream at someone because i'm the kind of person who's like oh the food is raw but like i'm still gonna eat it anyways because i don't want them to feel bad yeah (laughs) yeah i guess we can run a poll and and get you some advice on how people have handled that better than ellen seems to have i also thought it was (laughs) funny 
I don't think we ever really touched on this because the story was just so like long and full of twists and just blah de blah. But in this like comeback, she was like, "Yeah, shows culture. We're correcting it. Like, give me a break." And <laughs> I just remember the headlines when she's like, after the internal investigation, they decided to quote unquote upgrade employee perks, and the employee perks that they listed as like the new and improved were. Paid time for doctor's appointments, uh, birthdays <laughs> off, and you get five vacation days a year. So they didn't have that before. No, <laughs> isn't that the saddest? Like, what was this work culture beforehand? And I get like media is like whatever. You have to sell your soul, and it's all worth it because of what you're doing, and like whatever. But no, like that's an unhealthy work environment for any any staff anywhere. It's like, of course, you should get time off for doctor's appointments and a few vacation days at the very least is it one of those things where it's like contract work or something so they're not actually like full yeah that's very confusing (laughs) it's like though i mean i can't remember if we talked about this or not but all of the hollywood talent agencies were also sort of in for a reckoning earlier this summer (laughs) and they decided that the way that they were going to change it was instead of having all of the assistants emails just be like whoever their bosses was assistant at (laughs) whatever.com that they were actually going to give the assistants email addresses that had their own names in them (laughs) and it's like yes that's a that's a good thing to do but also like that really is doing nothing yeah. for anybody like that's the lowest possible bar that you can clear yeah like calling the assistant by their name <laughs> instead of just hey you can you imagine what a gift honestly an mm-hmm. honor i mean and the other thing that ellen managed to sidestep in her return was the controversies that came out about past uh interactions with guests and like celebrities and you know internet famous people alike where there were like entire buzzfeed articles and listicles about like ooh, looking back at these interviews that ellen did feels so wrong and it's like the time she made mariah carey like sip champagne to prove she wasn't pregnant and then you find out later that mariah carey had just recently gone through a miscarriage and it was just like uncomfy or the way she handles a lot of like either like people with accents or people who had translators. There's a lot of videos of her interviews where she does come off kind of like insensitive, let's say. So I'm curious how much she really internalized and reviewed and if it'll change her dynamic there or if she'll, I don't know, be a little bit more self-aware and maybe how her teasing could maybe lean more towards bullying in some moments so do i think she's canceled obviously not i i think her image rehab will work as well as it needs to to keep the audience she already had and like i don't think it's like the downward march for ellen at all well i think that now that it's out there and that she's had to acknowledge it at least there'll be some kind of like at least she's aware that people know and that's in the back of their mind. So she'll at least be trying to work against it in that way. The thing that I was honestly shocked by was that from everything we had heard, she was tired of the show. She was getting sick of it. She was getting lazy. (laughs) She was checked out. And now she's like, I'm back. This is going to be the best season ever. Like we got to keep going. (laughs) And sure, maybe some of that is contractual obligation or whatever. But I was kind of surprised that she didn't just 
say like ah the show's done like moving on whatever <laughs> it's her legacy matt she has to rehab her image before bowing out otherwise that'll be the the end of her chapter it won't be a oprah like swan song it'll just be like in shame and shambles ellen has I crawled away mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll see i mean um the other the other thing that happened this week that that speaks to people's I don't know. It just is an interesting story. And it's just happened throughout this year and last year. And it's just revolving around this Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt obsession that the general public has and even celebrities. But I don't know if you saw Dane Cook put together a celebrity table reading of uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High too. Oh, yes. And Shia LaBeouf was like a crazy person. Yeah. I didn't watch <laughs> yeah. any of it, but I saw the headlines. Yeah, no. So they, they've been doing this because, you know, celebrities need work and they're bored out of their minds. Yes. So there's been a few of these random like table readings of movies that get these random celebrities and f- actors and famous people to come together and and read a famous film and so should this we one... do a table read Shelby do you think a, <laughs> yeah. our fans would love that a Jurassic yeah. Park table read oh uh, don't get me excited is it just the two of us reading all the parts or are we gonna get yeah. past podcast guests to show oh, up that's a good idea too you know what this is a really I like this we're gonna bookmark it revisit it we're running out of who content do, so who do I get to play option I guess you would most align with the lawyer, Gerardo. <laughs> rude, rude. Um, then you get to be the, you get to be the. Uh, hmm. Let's see. The old, uh, the old guy who invented the park and thinks he's like hot the stuff. The old isn't. guy. <laughs> yes. You need to put some respect to his name, honestly. Look, um, I don't remember these characters' names. <laughs> I watched, I've seen the movie a couple times. I read the books, but like, I, I can't keep this information. I have yeah. to remember all the characters' names from Agent Cody Banks and okay, Agent Cody Banks right. 2, Destination and London. Big Fat Liar, yeah. And Big right. Fat Liar, yes. Right. The Frankie Muniz universe. Well, uh, for inspiration for our upcoming uh, table read, I watched a few clips from this, but it had a bunch of people, Julia Roberts, Shia LaBeouf, like you said, Morgan Freeman narrate acted as the sort of narrator uh sean penn matthew mcconaughey like john legend but most notable i guess to the uh living world is jennifer aniston and brad pitt were both in it and so everyone was just obsessed with witnessing their every interaction it's like oh my gosh jennifer aniston said hi to brad pitt on this zoom call and then in the reading they play like love interest so they have a scene where they flirt i personally could not watch it because it is a level of cringe that i just hate and i also just have huge issues with our obsession with this idea that there's somehow i don't know like star-crossed lovers who should one day reunite american live (laughs) version of the parent trap that is what we are rooting for they got divorced we're hoping that they both change they've gotten better brad has seen the error of his ways and now that spark that they had initially is better and it's growing stronger because they are better people and they're gonna (laughs) fall back in love and it's gonna be the american love story this is what this is what's frustrating is jennifer aniston didn't need to grow jennifer aniston Aniston didn't need to take time away right. and become a better person. She was cheated on and then 
left to the vultures of the tabloids and the media being like, oh, it's because she didn't want kids. Oh, it's because she's barren. Oh, it's because, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, Brad Pitt is like (laughs) garbage. And the only thing that excites people is like, oh, wow, look, Brad Pitt, he... I don't even know where he his comeback has come from because it just he's dating like a 20-year-old married chick right now, isn't he? Like isn't that the store most recent story? Yes, but it's an open <laughs> relationship. Remember cuz right? she's also married to like an 80-year-old Italian hotel owner or something. <laughs> I get it, but it's like can't Jennifer Aniston deserve more Shelby. than Brad? Like Pitt? yes, but can't we just root for <laughs> for somebody to get back together in this year 2020? <laughs> I think Jennifer Aniston deserves better than getting back with Brad Pitt. Okay, and especially with how he looked in this <laughs> Well, he In always looks thing. a little rebel tumble. Yeah, yeah. It was unshowered and greasy, and I think there was a hat involved or a scarf or some if, unfortunate. Uh, okay, if, if there's if there's a ro- if there is a romance gone wrong that you should be more upset by, it is that of Carol Baskin and her <laughs> ex husband Don Lewis. Oh, no. Who was has was di- disappeared <laughs> some time ago, because as we know, Carol Baskin has a bunch of giant tigers. She was on Tiger King. Now she's on Dancing with the Stars. And in the funniest troll move that I've ever seen, the <laughs> family of the disappeared husband, who they think Carol Baskin killed and fed to the tigers, put out an ad against Carol Baskin during the airing of Dancing with the Stars. So it's like you're watching Dancing with the Stars and then it's the commercial and they're like, we think Carol Baskin killed him, (laughs) which is wild. It was. It's the energy I love to see. It was. uh, I have feelings about her even being on that show, but I also don't know if I I don't know if I believe that she murdered her husband. It's all kind of weird. It's a very twisted, soapy situation that seems ripped from like a Dr. Phil episode or something. He was like involved in some kind of organized crime or something. <laughs> I find it much more likelihood likely that he was disappeared in that regard than that Carol yeah. Baskin killed him. Just all of the clips and things of Carol Baskin, she seems so doofy. I mean, I guess doofy people also can be murderers, but like her and her husband are just so, her new husband are just so geeky. I have a hard time believing that she killed her first husband and fed him to tigers. But she knows that if you put anchovy sauce on shoes, the the tigers go crazy. That is true. But did you watch her dance? I did. She danced to Eye of the Tiger, which like yeah. I knew was coming, but I didn't realize was going to be the first song she went with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a lot. It seems like I don't think she'll last long because she just doesn't have a fan base that could compete with some of the other celebrities. But I know as long as she's on there, it'll just they'll find a way to work that cat kitty tiger angle in somehow. she was in a cage or he was he was in a cage <laughs> yeah. one of them was in a cage they both had tiger themes yeah. or like leopard outfits honestly she was better than i thought she was going to be at dancing <laughs> i mean she was bad but like i have watched seasons of that show where they have people who truly oh, have really? like no rhythm no ability no anything yeah. and she at least like could keep 
beat and stuff, <laughs> even if she is like not a great dancer. But, yeah, that's true. What an optimistic look at her, her chances, her odds. Uh, okay, what's your next story for us? I frankly don't have one. <laughs> Uh, Shelby making me do all the well, heavy you lifting. You stole mine. Um, I was gonna do Ellen. Carol Baskin. No. Oh, or <laughs> Ellen. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, okay. I also want to talk about Harry Styles because no, what happened? Well, he's he was in Dunkirk a couple years ago. Oh yeah. You know, yes. like acted very minimally. He had like yeah, two lines or something. Yeah. But then it was just announced within the past like two weeks that he has two new movies coming out that he's going to be in. And both of them he's like a lead and they seem more heavy duty acting. So I'm just like intrigued by this choice because he's playing Florence Pugh's husband in some movie that has him and Chris Pine that Olivia Wilde <laughs> directed and her last movie yeah. was book smart. So you have to assume that's going to be good. And then he's in something called my policeman where he is in a love triangle with Lily James and her husband. He like meets them. I don't know, separately or whatever, and somehow falls in love with both of them, but they're married. And I'm wow, like, that feels like very like <laughs> horny and sexual, but also like it could involve actual acting skills. So I'm intrigued to see if Harry Styles can pull off these Wait, roles so, that aren't just like running down the beach with a gun. I mean, he did more in Dunkirk. I remember being like surprised how undistracted I was by Harry Styles being on the screen in Dunkirk. And I felt like he did a good job. Like I remember thinking that. And I feel like that speaks to his yeah, but he doesn't have that many lines. And I think that <laughs> acting with your body is much easier than acting saying things. You know? But he, I mean, maybe, yeah, I see your point, I guess. But I rem- I feel like I remember he's he has that whole bit in the boat, right? Where they're sleeping and the, uh, the boat crashed on the beach. Isn't that his storyline in that? Yes, I think he is in that, and but I don't remember like... <laughs> yeah, but how much, you know? <laughs> I'm intrigued. (laughs) Another thing. So I Googled Harry Styles IMDb to pull it up to Mm -hmm, look at this. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in sort of the online preview Mm. on the Google page, it says, you know, like Harry Styles, like birthday, whatever. And then there's a section that says trademark colon four nipples. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what is this? Like I knew... (laughs) This is intriguing. So then I went to the IMDb page and, you know, if you click on like their bio, there's a section that says trademark, which is like, I don't know, I guess things that are trademarks about them. So it mm-hmm. lists like curly hair, tattoos, his mm-hmm. dimples. and But the second thing listed was four nipples. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I know he technically does have four nipples, but they're not like nipple nipples they're just like moles sort of and it's weird that that would be listed so high in the traits about you i think it's because it was a big deal because he like revealed it on james corden like i remember remember that story (laughs) so i feel like like it's a notable fact it's like you know it's more interesting than oh he has curly hair it's that's a trademark you know it's like whoa how many people have four nipples <laughs> i guess but it's like if you google nick jonas's are you gonna get three front teeth maybe <laughs> but i, I doubt it that's more niche like you you notice that more than people like he has nick jonas hasn't come out and been like oh something weird about me is my three front teeth whereas well he doesn't Harry need to Styles because you can see them in every single thing <laughs> But well, you, could, you would that. never know that Harry Styles had four nipples unless he told you. You can see that yeah. Nick Jonas has three front teeth. Look at him. He's normalizing nipples. Okay. Like free the nipple. Thanks, Harry Styles. You're doing the work. 
I'm proud of you. Free all four of them. Yeah, all exactly. your nipples. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe I have appearance. more than two nipples and I just didn't know, you know, like I, I just thought they were like moles know. or something. <laughs> Would you? They're not like full size nipples. You cannot tell that they're nipples by looking at him. Well, maybe he's done some work on him or he's not or like he's a Star Wars character or, or something, you know, like six okay, boobs. Anyways, 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 Harry Styles is going to have his moment and you're going to have to go and watch two movies starring him and decide which one is going to earn him his Oscar at the ripe age of I honestly don't know how old he is. 26? I think he's younger than us. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Do I, I feel like he should probably write a song for both of those and try to get a song nomination at the very least. That feels doable for him. I think he's trying to pivot. Well, I'm sure, but like Lady he... Gaga did that, and that's where she got her Oscar. Okay, well, Lady Gaga isn't really pivoting though. She has she segued. Yeah, but do you return. think do you, know, do you think like that little, Harry Styles <laughs> is not going to do music anymore? He's just trying to be an actor. I doubt it. He has I the number know. one song I in mean, America right to... now. <laughs> you have stronger feelings about Harry Styles than I I do. So I guess yeah. Well, you're according right. to my Who sister, knows? I was He'll almost his brother-in-law song. for about five years. <laughs> so you know that's. I feel a kinship to him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's understandable. Okay, should we get into love it or hate it? Oh, yes, please. Thank you. Uh, um, I watched I'm Thinking of Ending Things. <laughs> oh. I don't know if you watched I, I didn't, but I can only imagine where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is like a, su- like a psychological horror film that is on Netflix. It's from... Uh, it's directed by Charlie Kaufman and um, stars Jesse Plemons and sort of a newcomer, Jesse Buckley. Obviously, Tony Collette is in it, as well as David Thewlis, who plays um, Lupin Lupin in the Harry Potters. <laughs> if that's your your one. He's also in Dinotopia, which I remembered halfway through this I don't film. I know what that as is. As he got older, I was like, <laughs> you're missing out. It's a, it's a TV, like a limited series from the, I don't know, maybe... I guess I think the 90s about a couple of teenage boys who get swept into this alternate universe where dinosaurs live in harmony with humans. No, thank you. I'm not watching that. I'm not going <laughs> Anyways. back. Anyways, so this was released on Netflix. It um, is based on a book, which I did read. I read the book a couple years oh. ago because the book was very well reviewed and everyone was like, wow, great psychological twist, like impossible to put down. And so I read it and I hated it. And I saw this and I was like, maybe it would work better as a movie because the book is very hard to follow and very confusing. And especially the third act twist, you're just like, what is happening? So I watched it. Um <laughs> And this is well-reviewed. It has like 82% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It's like 78% on Metacritic. Like critics like this. They respect a lot that's going on. Um, But the general audience was just confused. I feel like that's the general takeaway you find on Twitter. In a lot of reviews, it's like, what actually happened? I don't know. And so I knew going into it that I would not enjoy it but I thought I might respect it but no I was really just bored by this whole movie and I think it did help that I knew what was happening because I'd read the book and so I wasn't as 
confused by everything, but I watched it with a bunch of people who had not read the book, who knew nothing about it, and thought, oh my gosh, we get to watch a Tony Collette horror film. <laughs> Don't go into it with those expectations, <laughs> people. <laughs> there is very little action, I would say, in this film. There's very little, you know, this isn't like hereditary or uh. there's not like a lot of horror aspects. It's a lot of talking and I guess sort of an unnerving energy to it that propels it somewhat through its two and two hours and 20 minute runtime. Um, but what was wildest to me is the only interesting part of the novel is the final twist, which does end up being kind of bloody and violent and what the F am I reading? But instead of leaning into that and having some sort of like brutal fiasco at the end, <laughs> Kaufman just sort of like erased it and just like rewrote it in a really weird, surrealist kind of way that was just impossible to follow. <laughs> and I was very confused by that choice because I thought, okay, like this is the one thing that could carry this movie into actual like horror and psychological trauma but instead it just kind of felt sad and depressing and kind of like wow this is this is a downer so I don't I think most people have figured out if they want to bother with this movie or not by this point but if you're on the fence I would just say don't <laughs> yeah I was very excited for this movie to come out because the cast is people that I like. I love Tony Collette. Yeah. It seemed, you know, prestige. We've talked about how Netflix has had some good movies in that vein recently. And then I was listening to several other podcasts and they were kind of mm -hmm. talking about it. And I saw the reviews on Twitter and I was like, oh, this doesn't not look like something that I'm going to love yeah. and then <laughs> at some point I think maybe it was on one of our lists of like oh maybe we'll cover this in the podcast and I was like oh no Shelby's gonna hate this like everything I heard <laughs> about this just feels like nope 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 I didn't even know that you'd read the book uh yeah. I I I didn't even know that it was a book before oh the yeah movie, so yeah yeah I'll, I'll probably watch it at some point but it's, I'm Honestly, in no hurry don't <laughs> I really well, but I want to see Tony Collette. You know, I know, but it's about five just, minutes of her in a two-hour film. Honestly, oh. eighty percent of the movie is the couple in the car talking, and that's it. I swear to you, that's all. I. I just, I'm not. This isn't my love it or hate it, but I just watched um, Unbelievable, the Netflix oh, show yes. that yeah. has Tony Collette Much in better. it, and I was like, ugh. Tony, you're so good. Like, you should just yeah. have every award. And Mara Weaver was also good in that, and it reminded me of how bad Run was. So, <laughs> what a journey you were on. Yes, I know, truly. Yeah. And then uh, Caitlin Deaver's in it, and I was like, Book Smart was so good. It was just, it was just like all, <laughs> the, all the pieces. I know. Harry Styles, yeah. <laughs> where is he? Four nipples, what's going on? Okay. Mm. My love it or hate it this week is the book Stray by Stephanie Dandler, which is, she's the person who wrote Sweet Bitter from a few years ago, which I feel like was a book that was making the rounds. It was on Instagram and stuff. It was like pink with a broken wine glass, I think, on the cover. And <laughs> I read it because it's a novel. I read it because I was going to an event that she was going to be at for work. And so I was like, oh, let me read this. Everybody's talking about it. I was sick that weekend, so I was just, like, sort of in bed anyways. And it's Sweet Bitter is a book about, like, the New York restaurant industry and sort of the main character is a waitress at this fancy restaurant and things going on. And having never worked at a restaurant, I was just, like, captivated by the entire thing <laughs> and breezed through the book. I thought it was so interesting. I 
I feel like some. Did you read that, Shelby? I didn't actually. I, some people really liked it, and some people really hated it. And I feel like if you <laughs> are well versed in like restaurant stuff, it wasn't nearly as interesting as it would be for like me. But anyway, her second book came out uh, earlier this summer called Stray, which is a memoir. And it's all about her and her relationship with both of her parents and kind of like trying to come into her own. Her father was a drug addict and abusive. Her mother was also sort of abusive. And then at a certain point was in a car accident, I believe. Or no, she had a brain aneurysm. But anyway, she sort of had like amnesia and didn't remember anything. And so the author had to go and take care of this mother who was cruel to her and she didn't have a relationship with, but now the mother can't remember anything. And it's sort of just about the author's journey through all of the trauma from her childhood, through some of these like uh, relationships, these toxic relationships that she gets in with various men as she grows up, kind of like dealing with that in connection with her parents and then ultimately how she's like able to move through that and is able to write her first book and kind of like come to terms with herself and I'm not a huge memoir person but I wanted Mm. to read this because I had read her first book and I just found it really like moving and captivating and it's not very long I read it in two days and she's one of those writers who I think is really gifted in that her writing is really good but it doesn't feel like she's working really hard, like it's beautiful, but it's mm. very simple. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel super like MFA heavy handed, <laughs> like let me put in weird analogies and adjectives and stuff. Right. And you just like sort of breeze through it. And uh, I don't know, it was it was an oddly uh, like cathartic sort of reading situations. And there was just so many great like sentences and paragraphs that I was like, oh, that describes something or another like so perfectly or a a feeling so perfectly. So I would definitely recommend it. Sweet Bitter was good. You don't necessarily have to read that in order to read this. Um, But yeah, I really liked it. So nice. Look at you. A memoir by a woman. Oh, my gosh. You know, it was that or Charlie Kaufman, whatever (laughs) book. And I decided no. Yeah, that's great. Instead, I I read a book about motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Also, just like. A book that is not, that you can sort of like get through. There's no, like at no point in this was it difficult to read. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't a point where I was like, oh no, this is kind of slow. Or like, oh, I need to take a break or whatever. It was just like, there was short chapters and the writing was gut. I was just like moved through it so quickly. So Nice. Well, I added it to my list. So maybe it'll be my 101st novel I read. I mean, book I read this year. And then you can come on the podcast next week and tell me how you hate it. So it'll be great. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Well, okay. That's our episode for this Tuesday. We'll be back on Thursday to talk about the Emmys that happened this week. I have lots of thoughts. I'm sure Shelby has lots of thoughts. We can talk about all of these TV shows that we've been watching, but like haven't had full episodes on and have (laughs) thoughts bottled up about. Uh, Leave us a review on Apple Podcast or send us an email if you live in another country and follow us on social media we're at PSU Wrong I'll see you on Thursday bye bye